You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Hi, I'm Peter Santoscano. I host Bubble and Squeak here on the Rock Candy Network. I tell personal, revealing stories. She whispered, did you just masturbate? Because I felt a terrible presence of evil enter the... I make prank phone calls to the past. Heimbach. General Star, Elijah Heimbach speaking. How may I help? Into the future. <clears throat> because my boyfriend and I are just not having enough sex. Always a problem with the pop sex. Yes, you just have to listen to it. It's too hard to describe. Check out Bubble and Squeak wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Brown Sugar Diaries with Erica Michelle. The chronicles and misadventures of a plus-size brown girl navigating life, love, and healing. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Brown Sugar Diaries, on Twitter at BRWN Sugar Diaries, and on Facebook, Brown Sugar Diaries Podcast, on YouTube, Brown Sugar Diaries Podcast. You can send me an email, Brown Sugar Diaries Podcast at gmail.com, and visit the website, Brown Sugar Diaries.com. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Brown Sugar Diaries. I hope you guys are doing well, eating well, resting well, washing your hands, practicing social distancing, drinking your water, taking your vitamins, and minding your damn business, okay? Because, y'all, just mind your business. That's all I really got on that. I don't know if that can really help us enjoy the free world again. Maybe it will if everybody just mind their damn business and, you know, tend to the shit that's going on in your life right now because we got enough shit to focus on honestly so focus on that if you can if you want to and then just mind your damn business okay because ain't nobody got time but anyway let's dive into these current topics so i'm deeply saddened um over the loss of chadwick boseman who died at the age of 43 of colon cancer like that's so young oh my gosh that's so young like y'all this man gave us some hardcore ass movies while battling colon cancer i admire his worth his work ethic and perseverance i can't say that i wouldn't have done the same i can't say that i wouldn't have pushed through because honestly i do that now I'm glad that he got all the awards and accolades while he could physically receive them and sit in them. There's just something about his passing that doesn't make me wonder or question if he's resting in peace. Like, Chadwick always had this, you know, if only y'all knew kind of facial expression when you saw him on red carpets and at award shows and stuff. It was like he was watching people take life for granted while battling for his own like and there's even gratefulness in that it's like in my mind I could see him being in pain and not feeling well but being grateful for the peace of happiness and life that he had left to hold on to so taking all of that into consideration I don't question whether or not he's resting in peace I imagine that He was at peace the whole time through his diagnosis. And he was a true example of pushing through and not having any excuses to do the work, whatever that work is. 
Um, I'm sure there were days when he was tired, but he never gave up. And it honestly makes me feel like right now I'm not doing enough in my daily life. But everybody's motivation is different. And regardless of how much we think we know about celebrities, we clearly don't know everything. And we don't know what motivated him to work through his illness. So I hope that his family has peace, his friends and close, you know, close loved ones. Because, you know, everybody got that cousin that they, they cool with, but then they got their cousin that they really, really cool with and close with. So I hope that everyone who... um loves him, loved him, celebrated him, was around him, truly finds peace, and I hope that he continues to rest in peace. Whew. Yeah, that was like a little bit heavy. But um, next on the docket, <laughs> can we discuss P-Valley? OMG. So I know I'm late to the party, but I usually am anyway, so whatever like I still haven't watched a, an episode of power judge them all so <laughs> I didn't think I'd enjoy it as much as I did based on all the social media hype but it left me wanting more so I recently uh, been to watch the show on stars and I got far more than I expected like I really was expecting you know mediocrity honestly not because of anybody who's um any of the cast or anything like that it's just I just wasn't expecting much so um I wasn't expecting any of it so it's an adaptation of the play Pussy Valley and it follows people who work at a strip club in the Mississippi Delta now I completely disagree with the accents because if you've ever been around anyone from Mississippi or in Mississippi, they don't sound nothing like that. Like the accents in the show sound real, what's the word I'm looking for? Real, real Confederate. (laughs) And I'm just not here for that. But overall though, I enjoy the show. And the constant twists and turns and unveiling of stuff. I think it's necessary right now for people to have something less mentally taxing. And that doesn't weaken our mental fortitude, given everything that's going on in the world. So, I'm here for it. I enjoy the show. Um, I'm looking forward to episodes to come because it's really juicy. So, if you haven't tuned in to P-Valley, make sure you catch it. So, finally, and I wasn't going to say anything about this because I know that there are people who would probably disagree, as all of social media has shown, but I have to. The singer in me, the the, the musician in me, won't let it go. So, Monica versus Brandy, the verses. All I can say is Brandy is my girl because of the vocals. Monica has certain songs that I like, but I don't care for her wholly as an artist. Um, as a singer, I don't. I should rephrase that because I don't really think of myself as a singer. I, my older brother, he sings for a living. Like that's what he does. So I regard him as a singer. I just am so someone who happens to be able to carry a tune fairly well. <laughs> um, 
but for like of a better phrase, I'll say it as a singer, I lean towards Brandy because many people call her the vocal Bible. Like, I mean, so many artists have Brandy isms and they probably don't even realize it. I'm for Brandy vocally, but lyrically, I think Monica has her beat in some ways. I mean, for you, I will. Like, come the fuck on. Lyrically and vocally, that was bomb. Also, I think Brandy kind of has this pocket or bag of music that she's best in because of the color and timbre of her voice. Like, she gives you more of this sultry um love songs ballads kind of thing whereas monica can give you kick down your show kick down your door and smack your chick and it doesn't sound out of place for her voice type but overall i think i think it was a nice trip down memory lane like my young ass had no business singing half them songs but i promise i did and i learned a lot of riffs and runs that brandy used to do and even started playing with my lower register and chest voice at like 12 because of her so i think for that musically musically i say brandy takes the cake for me um musically vocally as a person, though, I do like Monica. I love that that mama, that big cousin, that auntie vibe that she gives off. I enjoy that about her. So I, I didn't really see it as a competition like that. I just saw it as, you know, a trip down memory lane. And they are who they are now. <laughs> Whatever that is. Whoever they are. So, yeah, I thought it was good overall. A nice little trip down memory lane. But anyway, I'm going to get into the episode topic after I handle a little business. Y'all, okay. So we back. So this episode is really just about, like, the other shit that's happening on these dating apps, y'all. Like, these dudes are getting besides themselves. Like... So, first of all, let's start with POF, Clean Your Fish, right? And Dude sends me a message. And I kind of remember his profile, but I kind of don't. So, let me go back and give you a little bit of context first. So, I I changed all my bios and stuff on my profile. So, just say, like, I'm really not in a headspace to date right now. So, if you send me a message, I'll respond or read them whenever I get to them. I'm just, you know, limiting my time on the app because I'm in transition right now. Um, Like I said, I'm not in a headspace to really date right now, but I haven't already paid for these apps. So, I'm just not going to delete the accounts just yet. But, you know, we can talk or whatever. And if something goes from there, it goes from there. So, do send me a message. And I want to say he had messaged me before. And but I don't really remember. Like the face looks familiar, but I think he may maybe like change his profile name or something. I don't really know. So he sends me a message and he was like, So why are you still on the app if you know you're not in the space to date? And I'm my first thought was bitch, I said that already. I clearly said that in the bio. Why I still have the apps. Like, I was quite transparent and said that I've already paid for the apps. So, I'm not going to delete them. I'm not going to delete the accounts. So, I just... 
I don't understand, y'all. What's wrong with these dudes? So, conversation goes on. It's really, you know, lighthearted. Nothing serious. Nothing major. And he's like, I feel like you're perfect. And I was like, I'm not perfect. I'm by far, I'm not perfect at all. My life is so imperfect. It's ridiculous. And he was like, if you had me in it, it would be perfect. Bitch, listen. (laughs) There's no way. Sir, first of all, really? Like, really? What makes you think? (laughs) You ain't even cute. Like, and and mind you, I'm not a shallow person. Um, but, like, I want to be at least a little bit attracted to somebody. Now, mind you, I'm not so shallow that, because I understand that some, I'm not attracted to some people, to probably many people. I don't know. I like me. I think I'm cute. So, you know, that's, that's not my big thing, but I, (sighs) chill. I don't know what's wrong with these dudes. So, another guy hits me up and the first question the first thing he says is hi i'm cedric and i'm like okay cool hi <laughs> i'm erica you know he's like how are you i said i'm well i asked him how he was doing so i'm doing okay and then the next question is what do you like learning about and then he goes into i like learning about um uh anything that's dealing with like finances and all this kind of stuff. I was like, okay, cool. Because at this point, like, that's just a really random question. I kind of understand where it was coming from or why it was asked that way. But it really didn't make any sense to me. So, I um I told him, I was like, I like learning about whatever it is that I find interesting or things that I come across in daily, you know, living. I can't tell you that there's anything... um outside of my norm that I enjoy learning about. There's a lot of things that I enjoy learning about because, I mean, I'm trying to be somebody's doctor, so clearly science and medicine. I'm a doula, so anything, you know, birth talk I'm interested in. But I just think it was a really odd question. I don't really know. I just think that was strange. So then he asked me on a virtual date. And I was like, okay, cool. I ain't got shit else to do. So, you know, let's do this whole virtual date thing. Child, listen, okay? Get on FaceTime, y'all. FaceTime. So, first of all, I don't too much like giving out my number like that. But to go through these apps to do the virtual dating, it's just so annoying and it's it's just too much. So, FaceTime on the date. Five minutes in, his mama comes out of somewhere, child. I didn't even know there was a door behind him or any such situation. But his mama comes out. And his mama says, Cedric, why is you using my phones to be FaceTiming these hoes? First of all, Miss Cheryl... Ain't no hoes on this FaceTime, okay? Secondly, Miss Cheryl, your titties is sagging a little bit low. And you look like you might be in your 40s. 
You you too you're too young for your titties to be hanging so so far south, ma'am. Like, y'all, it was just a mess. She had on this muumu, the one with the bleach stains and the holes. And like I'm talking about like I <laughs> I was embarrassed for him. I was so embarrassed for him. She had on this bonnet. It looked a mess. And then she took the bonnet off. Because he was like, Ma, you embarrassing me. And she, she was like, you ain't seen embarrassed yet. And then she took the bonnet off, child. I was like, wow. Wow. So he tries to finish the, the date. And I tried not to laugh. I was unsuccessful. Um, yes, I laughed at his face. And he's like, you know, you foul, you wrong, you ain't have to laugh like that. And I was like, I don't really know what it is you want me to do. Like, how did you expect me not to laugh? Like, you really thought that I wasn't going to kiki at the fact that one, you told me that... You live by yourself. You got your own place. You got your own everything. But you using your mama phone. I guess you stay with your mom. I guess. I I just was so done. I was so done. And then he tried to tell me that he does like credit repair. So if I need my credit repaired to hit him up, sir, what what the hell makes you think I would trust you with repairing my credit? I don't even trust. I barely did. I just barely trusted that your name was Cedric. Your mama confirmed that that it was indeed Cedric. Your number ain't even your number. So why would I trust you to <laughs> repair my credit? Like, help me understand make it make sense so I was trying to be nice by um continuing the little situation um but (laughs) without laughing without laughing but I just could not stop laughing I could not laugh at him because it was just freaking hilarious and his mom comes back out and she says when I leave and go to work in the morning you better make sure when I get back home this house clean so I was like how old are you and he was like um um I'm 20 and I was like you how old I'm 20 and I'm thinking I was like did you say you're 29? Because at this point, he had blocked me on the app. So I couldn't go back to his profile to see how old he was. So I was like, are you saying that you're 29? And his mom was like, he ain't no damn 29. That boy 19. I was like, oh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do with you, Cedric? <laughs> you are 10 years younger than me. Like, like, I just, <laughs> like, what am I supposed to to do with you, Cedric? You're a baby. 
You're a child. You're two years older than my niece for now. Like, what am I supposed to do with you? I'm sorry, I'm approaching 30 in a year. What am I going to do with you? Huh? What am I going to feed you? <laughs> I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. Like, And he was like, am I too young for you? And I was like, Sorry, do you realize how old I am? I am 29 years old. I'm a liberal grown-ass woman. What am I do with you? I don't play with toys no more. I mean, well, uh, subjective. But <laughs> I don't play with big wheels no more. I Like, what? What am I supposed to do with you? So that ended, and I laughed. That ended with me laughing in his face. So then another guy sends me a message, and he's like, um, I admire that you're being honest about you know, not really being in the headspace today. And um, if it's not too much trouble with you, I would like to take you on a date. And I'm like, I, I also, like, what, what? I don't understand. I guess there's no harm in actually going on a date, like going out, having a meal, having a drink. I guess there's no harm in that. But I just don't want to. So when I say like I'm not in a space to date right now, like I don't feel like I'm in a space to to get cute and, you know, go somewhere. Because first of all, Corona and even I've known people, I know people who have been protected, who have taken necessary precautions, washed their hands, social distance and all this kind of stuff and still and still test positive for COVID. And I'm just not willing to risk it. For you finding the fact that I'm being honest about me not being in a headspace today, interesting and noble. I'm just not willing to risk that. So he got upset. He got really upset and said that that's why uh, men don't take, black men don't take black women seriously. Because we say one thing and then our actions say Another, and I was like, "But I never told you, I never agreed to going on a date with you. I never said, yeah, we can go out or anything like that. I never I never at this point, <sighs> I'm about to just explore my options because <laughs> like I just can't with dudes." Like this right now. Like y'all just getting y'all feelings being entitled because somebody essentially told you no. And then why? Like what you and your feelings for? I just don't I don't really I don't get it. I'm over dating. Um not I'm not over dating. I'm over dating apps because I haven't really actively dated. And then I'm also at this point where I'm just like I I have this crush on this guy from high school. Now, mind you, I hated him in high school. And I know that's not the nicest thing to say, but I hated him in high school, genuinely. And now, like, we haven't really talked or interacted like that. But I 
can feel that he's different, sense that he's different. Um, and I don't believe that he feels a lot of the same way that he did in high school. But I'm unsure. And I think my hesitation of like shooting my shot or just saying anything is because I'm uncertain about whether or not the adult him still feels the same way as high school him. And there's still a part of me that is high school teenage me that's still healing from the things that he would say to me in high school um, to get a laugh from his boys or I guess just to express his disdain for me or the fat girl or whatever. I don't know. I don't know why he said it. Because honestly, in hindsight, like a lot of stuff that people say, the mean things that people say and do to people in high school, like when you're younger, it's unnecessary. Like if you don't like them, just don't fool with them. And so I kind of struggle. Like, like, and I, and Hmm. I kind of don't even want to call it a crush. I just kind of want to say, like, damn, he didn't got fine because I could. He would look at his heel in high school, y'all. I'm just gonna be real about that. Like he he didn't got fine. The glow up has been real, and so I'm. I won't even really call it a crush for real. Like it's just I find him attractive, and I'm not sure what part of me that finds him attractive thinks that that means that I have to pursue something with him because I guess in in all reality in all sense of it there's no need to it's, it's nothing wrong with finding him attractive and nothing coming of that so I kind of feel like that's a, a a suitcase a piece of baggage that I need to unpack because like I said there's nothing wrong with just finding somebody attractive and leaving in that that or even just saying to him like you know what you you you're real attractive now you got a little pea head back in high school you grew into your ears because child them things was huge and he had a real small head he still got a really small head but he really did grow into his ears and i'm not sure if it's like the facial hair that's made him attractive now but homie fine like he chocolate and tall he's small he's small though that's the thing. I don't like them skinny. Mm-mm. Although I've had my share of skinny dudes and they good to wrap your legs around. Mm, never mind. Too much. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't, should I tell him that I think he's attractive? Or should I just keep it to myself? Should I just like be like, mm, damn, fine now. And just keep moving. Or, like, is it really a crush? Or am I just, you know, noticing him? Noticing the change? Noticing the glow up? I don't know. I think I need to ponder that some. I do. I need to ponder and unpack some stuff. Because just because I think he's fine doesn't mean that I have to pursue anything with him. Hmm. Also, let me update y'all on matching on Tinder with my barber. So, I had an appointment with him 
back in August to get my hair cut for my birthday. Y'all, he canceled on me. Did I tell y'all that? I kind of feel like I told y'all that. But even if I didn't, he canceled on me and was like, he overbooked. Now, mind you, any other time, he would text me, be like, I ain't seen you in a chair in a minute. Like, what's up? You ain't been in my chair in a minute, so what's up? But now, all of a sudden, we matched on Tinder, and now you overbooked. You ain't never cared to be overbooked. You just be like, so, I'm going to have to squeeze you in, or just come, don't book an appointment, just come, you know, close to closing time when I cut your hair. Cool. Cool. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. He been acting real strange. I texted him and asked him if he had any openings, if the link was still the same to um, book appointments and stuff. And he never, like, he read it, but he never responded. And I'm just like, what's going on, sir? (laughs) Are you nervous? Are you scared? scared I think he's scared because I think he was expecting me to like overreact and I haven't I haven't really reacted because we honestly haven't talked about it because I just don't want to have the conversation via text I would have rather have the conversation in person and yeah he rescheduled on me so we haven't had a chance to really talk and I haven't had a haircut since like the 15th or 14th or so of August so yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. We'll see if he gets to remain my barber. Cause right now he not responding to text messages, and I'm I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like being ignored. So we'll figure it out. But um, yeah. That's pretty much it on my dating chronicles, such as they are, y'all, because I'm not actively dating anybody. I'm not even trying to really date anybody. I really feel like I need to get myself together, and I I hate that I'm on this, like, seesaw of, okay, I'm ready to date. No, 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 I'm not ready to date. It's really pissing me off. (laughs) It's really irritating me, but um, I'm also good with it. Honestly, I'm really, I'm okay with it. Like, I'm okay with getting me together first and then inviting somebody else into my situation. Because right now, I'm just not in a place to. Um, So, yeah. That's pretty much all of it. The Dating Chronicles. As more bullshit happens. Y'all know y'all gonna find out about it. Um, Yeah. Let's get into the spoonful of sugar segment. Pretty police. The spoonful of sugar segment is inspired by the Mary Poppins phrase, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. In this segment, I answer your questions and give my best and sometimes funniest advice to make an otherwise unpleasant situation or hard poop swallow just a tiny bit sweeter by making you laugh and giving you a little bit of encouragement. It's all love and no judgment, sugar. Ooh, child, let's get into these spoonful of sugar questions and requests for advice, honey. Y'all done said some good stuff today, okay? I thank you guys for sending these in. We haven't had any in a while, so I thank you for sending them in. 
Let's dive in. So there's a guy. I try to like him. He's just not keeping my attention. However, I do want to fuck him. How do I approach this without him expecting a relationship? I don't think that there's a way that you can do that. Especially if he's expressed that a relationship is what he's looking for. Or that, you know, he's a relationship kind of guy. If you know that going in, casual sex is not going to work with him. Save yourself find somebody else and you really had me at I tried to like him like 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 you really just want to just let him out and that's cool I mean if that's what you're into if that's what you want to do but if you know up front that a relationship is what he's looking for or that's his his vibe that's his his thing then casual sex with him is not going to work okay on to the next so I broke the unspoken rule and touched a co-worker inappropriately. We, of course, agreed to keep it cute and professional and act like we have sense in public, but I feel the possessiveness jumping out of me. I should leave this alone before I have an outburst, right? If you know that you're going to get possessive and be like my dick or my vagina, I mean, you know, let it go. But I also agree with um, with just, you know, knowing your boundaries. If you feel like it's getting too heavy, back out, get away. Um, but what's making the possessiveness jump out of you? Like, especially if it's mutual that y'all agree to, you know, act like y'all got some sense to be in the same room and nobody know y'all fucking. Like, I, just, I mean... What's wrong? What's making you possess it? What's making you... Like, is it that good? I mean, because if it's that good... I mean, you know... It is what it is. But if if you feel like this possessiveness is, is, is definitely coming out and rearing its head... Maybe take a step back. Maybe slow it down. If y'all having sex, you know, two, three times a week... Maybe y'all should just go down to one. I don't know. I kind of need more details on that. Like, what's making the possessiveness jump out? Because we don't want you, like, going crazy over something casual. It ain't that deep. It's just not. Next. Oh, this is a deep one. How do you prepare yourself for the next transition in life? Is there even such a thing as being prepared for change? I don't think there's so much a thing as being prepared for change as there is or being prepared for the change itself as opposed to preparing your mind for the change, if that makes sense. Like you don't know in in the change and the switch up and twist and turns of life how everything is really going to be, but prepare your mind for the ride, if that makes sense. Like you can't you can't predict change you can't predict how your life is going to go you can't predict how a transition is going to go you can't predict how anything is going to go you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring you don't know what the next minute the next hour the next second is going to bring so um i think if you just prepare your mind for the fact that the best is yet to come and get excited about what that looks like even when it's hard to even when it's uncomfortable to get excited for the the new thing the new things um the bright side the sunshine even after all the rain is gone it gets better 
I can't tell you when, but it gets better. And while you can't prepare adequately for what's going to happen in the journey to getting to better, you can adjust how you think about it, how you react to it, how you respond to it. Because it ain't going to never be, you know, what you want it to be. It'll never be, you know, what you expect it to be. But you can take it in stride or you can let it crumble you. And I suggest taking it in stride and coming out strong as hell. All right? So, change your mind, change your life. Ooh, this is a good one. It is easy to see God work in other people's lives, but I find it hard to see him in mine due to my struggles while others, even ones not in church, in church get abundantly blessed. What do I do? I ain't nothing you can do about people. Here's the thing. So, it seems like people, even the ones who are not in church, are being blessed. But they ain't telling you and posting on social media how they were sitting over there with no lights, no water, no no heat, no air, no food, none of that. Nobody posts the the rain. Everybody posts the rainbows. Everybody posts the sunshine and the glory. But nobody posts the story, the journey to get to that point. And yeah, it is easy to see God work in other people's lives. But just because it doesn't look like theirs doesn't mean he's not working. Like, it doesn't mean that he's not behind the scenes making sure that everything is going to work out for your good. Like I said, it doesn't look that way. It may not even feel that way, but you kind of, you got to find a bright side. Like, even if you're hungry and you want something specific and you got something, it may not be what you want, but you have something. You Your needs are met. So I think it's more so, like I said in the previous question, it's more so changing your mindset. Because like I said, everybody doesn't post the down days, the dark days, the bad days. Everybody just posts the good and shows this is the blessing that God has given me. Nobody's shown or nobody shows the tears, the weariness, the worry, um, the fatigue, the anger, the depression, the sadness. Nobody shares that. But I think that's the thing in reaching people um, through authenticity is you can't reach somebody and tell them tell somebody that God is good when it seems like they haven't been through any of the things that you've been through like people didn't believe Jesus until they saw his wounds until they touched his wounds until they saw that you know he got down off the cross and he was still wounded for me and he understood like I mean Jesus was human too like you know, he even he was like, why am I here? Why are you forsaking me? You said, you know, it was going to be all good. <laughs> and here I am on this cross. But I think that's the thing. You can't compare your life 
to other people's lives. But in the event that you come across somebody who's telling you that God is good and he's done this and he's able and be grateful and be faithful, believe them. Believe them. But when they show you that peace, that realness, that's like, I've been where you've been, then I think that should reassure you and help you stay grounded in your faith. It's not easy. It's easier said than done. It's easier to not believe. It's easier to take your circumstances and your situation at face value and just be like, you know what? I'm not about to do this. This is not about to happen. God ain't going to do it. He don't hear my prayers. I've been, I've been praying. I've been fasting. I've been reading the Bible. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. And he still ain't done nothing. But when you really sit and take inventory of everything that's going on in your life, he's doing something. It just ain't as fast as you want it to be. He's not doing exactly what you feel like he should be doing. But if you think about it, all the things that you think that he should be doing right now, is just out of convenience for you. His timing is perfect. So everything that you're praying for, he hears you. Everything that you're fasting for, he hears you. He sees you. He knows. And when and it could just be right now that you're not able to sustain what it is that you're praying for. And that's okay too. Give him his time. Give him his moment to put you in a position to posture you in a place where you can sustain everything that you're praying for. And it'll be okay. And stop comparing yourself. Stop comparing your situation, your life, your everything to what other people got going on. Because I guarantee you, the grass looks greener. But I promise you, it's probably turf. It's fake. (laughs) So, yeah, if you want to get more details, I don't know who this is. All of these submissions are anonymous. So, if you want to get more details, send me a DM. Send me an email, um, brown sugar diaries podcast at gmail.com. Or if it's somebody that I know, text me. You know, y'all know I'm about, I don't be telling people business. So, yeah, hit me up. Thank you guys for this, for these submissions. I hope that others will send more or we can continue to send the conversations. Send them in. Visit the website, brown sugar diaries.com, and go from there, guys. Do you have a question to ask or just need some advice or want to sprinkle some sugar on your situation? Visit the link in the bio. It'll take you to the website. From there, click on a spoonful of sugar submissions. All submissions are anonymous. And spill your tea, sugar. Spill it all. And don't forget to rate, review, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast on all your podcasting platforms. shows like this one visit rockcandyrecordings.com